1: Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet, with Reverend Anna Schaus, PhD. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus.
0: Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. I want to thank you for listening with us today. I'm very glad that you have joined us. I want to thank you for liking the Spirit of Recovery uh, page on Facebook. That's great. Thank you for your comments on that page. Thank you for participating, um, for your emails, for letting me know how it's going in your recovery and spirituality walk. And uh, it's, it's great to hear uh, from you. Thank you so much also for letting your friends and the people in your recovery community, your Unity community, and your other spiritual communities know about us here on Spirit of Recovery. I love the opportunity to broadcast on recovery and spirituality here on Unity Online Radio and to know that what we're doing is making a real difference uh, that's touching your life and touching your heart. Every week we do talk about topics that are important to the recovery community, and I always have guests here that are down to earth, knowledgeable, and innovative. My guests are always people who are either in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people or sometimes all of the above. And the guests are always bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking and opening up your mind and heart to new ideas, new avenues uh, of growth in your recovery and spirituality. You know that you can listen to Unity Online Radio in a variety of ways. You can, of course, listen uh, via your computer, via your smart device, you can listen live. You can listen on demand. If you go to unityonlineradio.org/program/spirit-of-recovery. Also, if you are feeling moved here by Spirit of Recovery, or um, and or by the many other great programs here on Unity Online Radio, you can support this network with your contributions of your finances, and you can do that by using your smartphone. You can make a one time gift or a recurring contribution. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone, and that makes a big difference and it will help uh, share spiritual inspiration with listeners all around the world. So you can, as I said, give one time or make a recurring contribution via your smartphone. Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place if you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction or if you're the family member or friend of someone that's got the disease of addiction or if you're – whether you are or are not in recovery as a family member or friend or whether or not your loved one is or is not in recovery – You are welcome here to listen to Spirit of Recovery, and if you've got a comment or a question, you're welcome to email that in or call that in for my guest today. Also, if you're just curious about the process of recovery, you just want to learn a little bit more about it, want to know what what it is, we're happy to have you here and to have you participate in our discussions. Again, my name is Anna Schaus. I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity minister and an addictions counselor, I'm also a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people that have the disease of addiction and about 33 years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and spiritual development. And ever since then, my walk has been an integration of unity and recovery principles and that keeps transforming my life and it keeps me growing in ever deeper ways. So I am very grateful and delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you, to bring you great guests, and to hear what you're experiencing in your spirituality and recovery walk. So today, the topic on Spirit of Recovery is the purple bandana and other coincidences so-called. And uh, maybe you've heard that coincidences are miracles where God's too busy to take a bow and uh, of course, what we know is that our higher power is always bringing us to places where we can bless other people and be blessed by them, and uh, lots of times we call those coincidences or maybe they're actually miracles. We'll uh, reflect on that idea today. My guest is Rick Bingham, and Rick is... Uh, L.C.D.C., which means he's a licensed drug and alcohol counselor. He also has lots of other letters after his name because he's been a professional in this field of addiction treatment for over 35 years. And in addition to that, Rick is also an ordained minister. He's going to be sharing with us today uh, the coincidence so-called that started him giving away purple bandanas. And he really does. He gives them them away. I've got one looking at it right here. And uh, he's going to be telling us uh, about that. As I said, Rick's got over 35 years of experience as a professional in the recovery field. He's a speaker, he's a trainer, and he's an acupuncture detox specialist. Um, he has uh, uh, worked with clients in uh, in the recovery field in very uh, wonderful ways, and he really makes a great contribution. Rick's also led many spiritually oriented wilderness treks, and he's been doing that for a very long time. And he's a major contributor to the book, Two Miles or 20 Minutes, which is about uh, the spiritual experience of trekking and being in the wilderness. Rick's motto is walk slow, climb high, and pray often. So, Rick, welcome to Spirit of Recovery.
2: Well, thank you very much, Anna. Appreciate that.
0: Yeah, glad, glad that you're here. So, um I know you're going to tell us about uh, this the, the purple bandana in a little bit, but we'll we'll wait for a bit to to get into that. If you would tell us first um a little bit about trekking, I know that you say that uh, even when you were five years old, you started uh, experiences out in the wilderness, and it really touched your heart. So, what speaks to you about your wilderness experiences?
2: Oh, goodness well that's uh, that's an interesting subject and a, and one that is close to my heart uh yeah when is when I was very young is when my father started taking me camping and they weren't really uh trekking as far as people think of it now, but for a five year old you know a uh, uh, a couple of mile hike was like twenty miles for us now i guess and mm-hmm. uh my father taught me a lot of things about the wilderness and camping and those kinds of things, and at the time, not a, not a lot of spiritual thought was going on. But over the years, uh, getting involved with the Boy Scouts of America and uh, with other organizations that got outside in the wilderness, um, I started putting uh, those ideas together. And and then around uh, 1979, 1980, I got involved with a with a a man named Bobby Wood, who uh, started a or wanted to start a thing called Wilderness Trek Christian Camp, and uh, the organization of it was actually modeled after a uh, Boy Scout model and uh, of uh, patrols. We called them crews. And uh, we took groups of folks from all over the country, uh, initially mostly from Texas uh, to the Colorado Rockies, and the goal was to divide up into small groups and uh, uh, climb a 14,000-foot peak. Uh, Varying distances, as far as how far we hiked to get to where the mountain was, anywhere from five or six miles to, uh, I believe, one of our treks was almost 50 miles long. And uh, carrying your own pack and your and uh, your responsibilities for the food, for the crew, and the uh, equipment and parts of the tent, stuff like that. And you work together. One of the unique aspects of this uh, particular ministry was that. Uh, If A a crew might have been made up of six to eight, maybe ten sometimes folks in a crew. The leader of that crew would not be an adult, never an adult, always a teenager. Uh, The teenager would be probably anywhere from 14 or 15, 16 or 17 years old, and uh, that person was in charge of uh, organizing and leading what happened in the crew as far as all the activities that happened for cooking and cleaning, organizing your time, uh, devotionals, uh, meditation time, Bible study time, those kinds of things. Now, anything having to do with the trail or with uh, uh, climbing, rappelling, zip lines, uh, we had guide staff that were more experienced to make sure that that got done in a a safe manner. And they were all, all very spiritually minded individuals as well. So that's what we did, and Mm -hmm. uh, thinking it would uh, do some good, and the amount of good that it did, uh, is just pretty hard to measure. Uh, Folks that uh, started out as kids trekking uh, now are trekkers who take their kids to the mountains or who have become outfitters who started their own trekking companies that are spiritually oriented. So. Uh, There's actually, as far as that's concerned, there's three companies in Colorado now that are run by folks who started with Bobby Wood back in those days and with others of us subsequently after Bobby. So Mm
0: -hmm.
2: uh, it's a a sustainable thing, but mostly because the Lord's making sure it's sustainable. Uh, Right. What we would call those uh, miracle moments, we call them teachable moments. Mm-hmm. And they would. You can't. You can't schedule these things. <laughs> they just happen. And so mm-hmm. you may. You may have a kid that uh, uh, got there thinking it was going to be a, a bunch of playtime and it ended up being a lot of hard work. As far as carrying their own pack and the trails are not flat. Uh, mm-hmm. There are not vending machines on top of the mountain. Uh, there are no receptacles in trees for blow dryers, uh, things like that where mm-hmm. kiddos from the, uh, and even adults from the flatlands uh, sometimes believed things that weren't true. And when they got there, they were very disappointed and frustrated that they were going to be roughing it for a, a week to ten days. So mm-hmm. that sure. gave opportunity for people to get uncomfortable and to be off in the middle of nowhere where they didn't know where they were and they had to trust in the, the guide staff, and their crew leader, but mostly they had to trust in God. Mm-hmm. And the amount of growth that happens in that environment uh, is amazing how much growth in a short amount of time and growth that lasts. That's illustrated through the mountains. And the the book, 20, uh, two, uh, 20 Minutes or Two Miles, Two Miles or Twenty Minutes, is a, is a, is based on a phrase by Bobby where, and all of us adopted it, if a if, uh, uh, trekker said, well, how much further is it? And the answer was always going to be, uh, two miles or twenty minutes. Uh, in other words, you're going there, so just keep moving. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that that particular book is just loaded with stories—funny stories, spiritual stories, inspiring stories uh, about uh, events that happened uh, on and around the trail uh, during all those during all those years. I personally was involved with it intimately. As far as trekking and guiding and taking groups up there from about uh, nineteen eighty until about nineteen ninety and then mm-hmm. since that time i've I've been supportive uh, of the organizations and helped out whenever I could so
0: uh, right it has influenced
2: and then, my life greatly
0: I bet, yeah, I love what you said about that um that a lot of growth happens there and and permanent growth, and uh, there are obvious parallels you know in what you're talking about in recovery uh that uh, and you say that you use a lot of the stories uh from those days with your clients that you work with people that are recovering from addiction what's one of the oh, stories sure. that you use um now with your clients oh
2: gracious um but just they're just numerous and, and, and again i actually use the technique uh in the counseling i don't plan ahead for them i don't write them down It's just they come to mind in the middle of a conversation and it and the event in the mountains will come to mind that fits that situation. So let's say mm-hmm. a client is, uh, is frustrated and, and and spending a lot of time comparing himself with other, other people. I'm not as far along in my recovery as so-and-so is, and so I'm, there must be something wrong with me. I must be uh, inadequate. I must not be serious about my recovery, or I would be as far along as this person is. Or they're looking ahead, you know, toward the goal uh, of, of total abstinence or uh, not just abstinence but also other areas of growth in their life and it just seems so far away that I don't think I can ever make it to to where I want to be and it gets discouraging. And so I lay out a, a picture for them of climbing a mountain and I'll, I'll do a little bit of drawing on a piece of paper. When I get through it kind of looks like a christmas tree instead of a mountain but it's supposed to be in a mountain mm-hmm. and so uh, i share with him that when we climb mountains we don't go straight up with things we we do a thing called switchbacks and a switchback means that you're you're starting at point a and instead of going straight up to point b you're you're going to the side at an angle to point b and then you're turning and going right back toward where you were in point a but just a little bit above that and so you're switching back all the way up the mountain. And by doing that, you're you're making the, the steepness of the mountain mountain less steep. Now, you're going to go further, but you're going to be able to get there because it's going to take less energy to do this, and let, it won't be as strenuous for you. And the problem is, though, that you're still, in doing that, or looking up there at some people that are further down the road than you, and uh, how can I be there? I, I can't be there. They're They're just better than I am. And so what we would do is we would ask the, the, uh, the trekker to stop right here and turn around and look and see where you've come from. You see that green dot right down there? That's your tent. That's where you were three hours ago. Now, what I want you to do now is I want you to follow me from right here to there. You put your feet where I put my feet. And when we get over there to that rock, we're going to stop. We're going to take a, a drink of water eat some uh, high-calorie food, and uh, we're going to take a couple of deep breaths, and then we're going to turn and walk again. So follow me across to that spot. And then they would follow you across over there, and you would stop and do that. And you would switch back to the other side, and you would do this several times, and then you would stop and say, okay, turn around now. Look down. You see that green spot? It's not even there anymore. That's how far you've come. That, that tent is still there, but you can't see it. You've come so far. Now turn around, look up. Look at there. You're getting close. You're getting close. You see how close you're getting? Now follow me some more. And you would do that all the way to the top. Then what we would do is when people got to the top that were better than others because Mm -hmm. of just physical ability, nobody stepped on the top because they were the first one there. Hmm. They waited just below the top. And then we waited until the very last person on that climb got there, and we let them be first on the top.
0: I can just I, imagine I, I, how that touched people. How did well, people touched, react when you let them do that?
2: Well, they, they cried like I am now, yeah. just reminding myself of how inspiring it was and how how giving it was and how it illustrated Jesus saying, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And it illustrates how the body is one, how we we forbear one another and we love one another and we carry each other's burdens. And sometimes I'm envisioning right now a moment when one young man was just so wore out he could not take another step. And two other young men picked him up and carried him onto the top of that mountain. What happens then is everybody gathers around and uh, has has a celebratory Dr Pepper, you know, mm-hmm. or Coca Cola or something, and uh, we visit a little bit. You can't stay there. We would always sing a song and have a prayer. When you, the goal would be to be on top of that mountain around noon or so. The the weather comes in right after that, so you can't be up there. Mm-hmm. So it's beautiful, it's wonderful, but you don't live on mountain top. Rick, thanks back. for that
0: story. We'll, it's time for our break. We'll be right back, and we'll hear about uh, we're we can't stay on the mountaintop. We gotta live. You can't uh, stay in on the places.
2: mountaintop, no, ma'am.
0: We'll be right back. Stay with us. This is Spirit of Recovery. Our topic today is the purple bandana and other coincidences, so called, and uh, we're talking about miracles. And my guest is Rick Bingham. We'll be right back.
3: michaels host of the prosperous life on unity online radio is an author life coach national speaker and the founder and spiritual director of the center for spiritual living in kansas city missouri through his writing coaching and speaking chris has helped thousands of people understand the basic spiritual principles that govern our lives in his book your soul's assignment he reminds us that we each have something to do here on earth a unique purpose to our lives. If you're interested in discerning what is yours to do, are looking for practical spiritual principles to inspire your life, or coaching to provide you with the tools to live more fully, visit Chris's website at www.chrismichaels.net. That's www.chrismichaels.net.
1: We know that God is the source of our prosperity, but how do we manifest it in our lives? We simply change our limiting patterns around money, relationships, and health. Then, naturally, our vitality goes up, and so does our cash flow. We start to live with purpose, sharing our unique ability. Join us on Prosperity Power Hour every Monday at 1 p.m. Central Time to claim your divine inheritance. Prosperity for all, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
0: Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery, if you're just joining us. My guest is Rick Bingham, and Rick is a licensed chemical dependency counselor. He's also got lots of other letters after his name because he has been uh, a professional in the addiction recovery field for over 35 years. Rick is also an ordained minister. Rick um, also is a person who is a speaker. He's a trainer, and he's an acupuncture detox specialist. He has led many spiritually oriented wilderness treks over the years, and he is a major contributor to the book, Two Miles or 20 Minutes, which is about the spirituality of of wilderness experience full of stories. And Rick's motto is, walk slow, climb high, and pray often. So before I get back to my conversation with Rick, I ask you to join me in a moment of meditation, of conscious contact with your higher power in the serenity minute. So I invite you to be aware of your breath, to allow yourself to relax, and share with me this constructive idea. I trust God to guide me even when I feel lost and tired I trust God to guide me. Even when I feel lost and tired, I know that God knows the way. So we take a moment in the quiet. for joining me in the Serenity Minute and I trust that it was an opportunity for you to make conscious contact with your higher power as you experience your higher power. And so now I'm back to my conversation with Rick Bingham and we'll be talking about the purple bandana and other coincidences so called. So Rick you were uh, telling us before the break about um, the experience of when people get to the the end of a trek how it's great to allow that um everybody gets on top of the the mountain there for the end but you were saying they can't live up there because the weather starts to come in and it does doesn't it in the afternoon so
2: yes it does business
0: yeah go ahead
2: well you can't live on top of those mountains because of that weather Uh and you don't have any food up there Uh and uh and you don't have anybody but you and uh the the experience of Trek is to be shared with other folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, sounds like a 12-step program, doesn't it? It sure so, does. Uh, yeah. yeah, you uh, you come down off that mountain, and one of the things you have to be careful of is that you don't – uh, more injuries happen coming down off mountains than going up with them because people get complacent and, uh, and don't pay attention to where they're stepping or they get in a hurry and they, they sprain an ankle or something. So we – We get down from the mountain, and then we pack up and head home, and then we have a big party together, a big, big, long devotional uh, with all of us uh, that follows a a, a barbecue feast. And in that devotional time, that meditation time, everybody gets an opportunity to share with everybody else what the uh, trek experience has been like for them and how they're going to take their lessons home with them. And uh, the lessons are just varied incredible lessons from folks that, that didn't, uh, and everybody will say the same thing uh, a, a lot, and that will be, I'm never coming back. <laughs> it, it was too hard. It was too hard. I'm never coming back. And then the next year, they come back because it fe- it feeds the soul. At the same time that it, it uh, beats on the body, it feeds the soul and the heart in a, in a way that is it's just, you have to be there to really totally understand it. Uh, and it's it's kind of like a person in recovery that says, whatever they try to explain to somebody about how wonderful being clean and sober is, you don't really understand it until you, you do that yourself. and Then you start figuring out where that smile is really coming from. So uh, that's why we come down off the mountain. We have to come home and live life on life's terms and share the hope that we have with, with other people. And uh, it's it's been a gigantic blessing to me uh, for all these years, and uh, such, a, such a powerful tool.
0: Mm-hmm. Great. So tell us about the purple bandana.
2: Well, in 2004, I was uh, delivering uh, urine specimens for urine drug screens to our lab. It happened to be on my way home, and I was saving our program a little bit of money uh so uh, I delivered them myself. And one day, the uh, parking lot in the front was full, and so I had to go around to the back, and I didn't know my way around the building in that direction. So I went around there, went in the wrong door, down the wrong hallway, past the wrong office, and uh, there was a lady in there who was crying in this office. Um, really, you know, the, the kind of crime where you can't catch your breath kind of crying. Mm-hmm. And... uh uh, I didn't know who she was, and uh, I just kept moving. And I found where I was supposed to be, dropped off my specimens, shot the breeze a minute, and I left. I left, went back down that same hallway, and uh, that, that lady was there, and she was still crying. And uh, I couldn't take it anymore. So I stuck my head in the door, and I, I said to her, I said, are you you uh, are you okay? And uh, through her tears... Uh, and she said, "Well, yeah, I'm okay and I told her i said well i don't I don't think you are I mean you don't seem like you're okay to me and and as it turned out, I spent um twenty minutes, maybe thirty minutes uh in her office listening to her tell her story of pain and uh, I was completely blown away uh by what was happening with her uh, at some point." Uh, you know she was she was going through tissues like crazy while she was going through tissues. I was probably praying, I had some prayer thought going on that was not very specific at the time i didn 't recognize it, but i 'm sure I was praying because i wasn 't able to come up with anything on my own to say this lady that that seemed encouraging at all and that 's what I do every day is try to encourage folks as as a drug counselor. I spend more time trying to help people recognize the good in them than trying to catch the bad in them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wasn't able to do that for this lady, and I was, so I was, I'm sure, thinking, Lord, give me something because I'm not coming up with anything. Well, at a certain point, she ran out of tissues and was getting ready to get up and get some tissues. And I, back in those days, I, I've always, I'm an old country boy, I always carry a bandana. They were different colors all the time. But this particular day, I reached in my pocket, and I pulled my bandana out, and it happened to be purple. And I uh, handed it to her and told her as I was handing it to her, no, 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 that's right, you just take this and and, uh, use this. And uh, she kind of tried to make a joke out of it and say, well, I'll get it back to you, and I joked back at her, no, no, I don't want it back, and, you know, snot on it and everything. And uh, as soon as I said the words, no, no, you keep it, I... I don't want it back. Mm -hmm. Um, The words, uh, to this day, I believe the words were given to me. I'd never have believed that happened to me. I was one of those folks that even though I was a minister, I really believed that my prayers barely made it to the ceiling and back. Uh, I I was very, very negative toward my own connection with, with God or higher power. But it was very obvious to me. I knew exactly what to say. If it had come from me, I'd have figured it out 20 minutes earlier. Mm -hmm. So I know it came from God. And I told her, you keep the purple bandana and let it remind you of three things. First, purple is a color of royalty. And in my way of thinking, you're the child of the king. And that makes you special. Even when you don't feel special, you are. And second is the color of bruises. And you're not, uh, she wasn't bruised on the outside. She was bruised on the inside from living life on life's terms. Uh, life was beating her up pretty good. And third, <clears throat> purple is the color of healing. It's the official color of N.A., of Narcotics Anonymous. It's purple. Mm-hmm. She started crying again as soon as I said it was the official color of N.A. because she, at that time, was five years clean from heroin. Uh, she was sponsoring uh, other folks. She had not relapsed. She would just live in life and started crying again. But then she stopped crying, and she seemed to feel better. And so uh, she thanked me for the bandana, gives me a hug, and I leave, not, not knowing, not being aware of what had just happened in reality. About a month later, the same mistake happens as far as the parking lot is concerned, and I end up going down that same wrong hallway. I'm passing her office. Her name is Laura. I have permission to to tell you her name. And uh, Laura calls to me and says, uh, hey, Rick, uh, come here. I want to tell you something. I try to joke about it again. I said, Laura, I don't want my bandana back. And she says to me, you can't have it back. Oh, really? Really? Yeah, I've got it hung up on the bulletin board at the front of my apartment. It's the last thing I see every day when I go to work, and it's the first thing I see every night when I come home. And it reminds me every day of three things. That I'm a special person. That I'm going to get hurt. And I'm going to heal. Well, who do you think was crying now?
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, it wasn't her. I was crying. And I wasn't crying because it was a special moment. It, it was a special moment. I was crying because I had missed what had happened a month earlier. I had missed how God had worked. She hadn't, but I sure had. Mm-hmm. And so I left her that day with, and with a commitment. I called my wife, Stephanie, and I said, I'll explain later, order me some purple bandanas. And so she did. She ordered four dozen the first time, and it was her idea to put together a little card with what the purple bandana stands for, and so since that day, I always have a purple bandana unless I just gave one away with a card, and I meet people in Walgreens, Walmart, at church, at conferences, um, hitchhiking, uh, you name it. All over the place, I, I'll i meet people that look like they could stand a little story of hope and healing, and if they'll give me a minute, I'll abbreviate the story, and, and uh, I'll give them a bandana and a card. And uh, sometimes I hear back from them, but most times I don't. Uh, and I hear stories, though, uh, indirectly about folks that I may have given a bandana to, and uh, we don't have time for me to tell you all the stories about folks that I took, I gave a bandana to, and then they gave it to another person who gave it to another person who started giving them out to all kinds of folks. So I, I have no clue how many people may have been touched by this story and who may have taken up the idea. As I tell everybody all the time, it, there's no trademark, no copyright on this. Uh, it's, this is, a uh, God's gift to me that I'm sharing with you now you share it any way you want to um, so that's the story of the purple bandana, and uh i i I believe that it has blessed a lot of folks
0: mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure you know when when you're telling it it's like it 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 seems like on the outside like okay, that's a coincidence, you know you get lost and all that mm-hmm. stuff, but um. What, obviously, it, it's not a coincidence. How do, you see, oh, how do you see all that, Rick? How do you see those things that we call well, coincidences but turn out to bless people so much?
2: Well, one of the ways I know is that so far, every time, and this is so far 10 years now, every time that I choose somebody for the bandana, if I see somebody, I'm not wrong about the fact that they look like they could stand some hope and some healing. And the only thing I'm wrong about is how bad they need some hope and healing. But Mm -hmm. when I do a a presentation somewhere, a training or whatever it might be, on whatever the subject is, I will do my very best to have 10 minutes at the end to tell the purple bandana story. And then what I will do then is I will just randomly, I'll have somebody call out a number, you know, like Mm -hmm. number 17, and I'll count chairs till I get to number 17, And I'll give that individual a bandana, a copy of the story, and a a card. And what happens is, on every occasion, that person is the one who needs it the most. Mm -hmm. And they will share, briefly, their story about why they are so touched by having the bandana. Almost everybody starts crying. And and everybody in the room is, like, amazed that, wow, how did he know that that person needed that bandana? I didn't Mm -hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um probably the most important thing is, uh, is just being aware. There's enough hurt and suffering in our world. There's a lot of joy, too. There's a lot of hurt and suffering. You don't have to look far to find somebody who can stand a little bit of hope. doesn't mm-hmm. take much. All so right. if we just slow our lives down um, and are aware, for instance, the other day I was at Hobby Lobby. And I was buying purple bandanas at Hobby Lobby, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm on my way out, and I'm actually kind of in a hurry. Uh, I'm late to get somewhere, and I just overheard two cashiers talking a little bit. And uh, when, it, when it came my turn, there happened to be obvious. Uh, in the midst of this busy day, all of a sudden, there's nobody behind me in line. Hmm. There's nobody behind me in line. They're behind everybody else in line. And I took that to me, and I'm supposed to talk to this lady. So it, that was the cashier. So she's talking to me. and, I, and it, Can I, you know, let me? Is that all you've got? Yada yada yada, whatever they say. And I'm talking back to her, and I said, um, "Take a deep breath. Are, are you okay?" And she just immediately starts with, "Well, it's been a hard day." I said, yeah. "Yeah, it may have been more than a hard day. You're right. It's been a hard something else." What are these for? It's a lot of bandanas. And I said, well, you probably don't have time for the story, but I'll tell you what. I'm going to give you one of these bandanas and a little card here, and then you can email me if you want to, but you're an okay person. I know you are, and God loves you. Mm. Of course, you know what happened, the poor lady. And her friend then comes over and looks at me and says, you don't know how much she needed that.
0: Mm.
2: And that was at Hobby Lobby just walking mm-hmm. around. And I believe that that's true for all of us. If we just open our eyes, what did Jesus say? He said, the fields are ripe of the harvest. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is look around you. That's all you got to do and mm-hmm. slow down.
0: Right. Thank you so much, Rick. It's time for our break, and uh, that's a great story. Listeners, stay with us. This is Spirit of Recovery. We're talking about the purple bandana and other coincidences so-called. My guest is Rick Bingham. We'll be right back.
4: In jest, there is truth. Shakespeare made the line famous, and at Holy Rascals, we've taken it to heart. Join us at HolyRascals.com, a spiritual education resource and community of spiritual boundary crossers who are on a truth-seeking journey that doesn't shy away from humor and frank conversations. HolyRascals.com offers cutting-edge webinars, short online videos, and podcasts. Our featured teachers are inclusive, radical, and often funny people who embrace the common heart of all religions. Find us on Facebook or check out our upcoming programs at www.holyrascals.com.
3: As we examine what it means to be sacred activists in service of compassion and justice, we may find ourselves asking, how do we become a sacred activist? Institute for Sacred Activism founder Andrew Harvey says, follow your heartbreak. His advice echoes Gandhi, who once said, whenever you are in doubt, apply the following test. Recall the face of the poorest and the weakest person whom you may have seen and ask yourself if the step you contemplate is going to be of any use to them. Will they gain anything by it? Will it restore them to a control over their own life and destiny? So whenever in doubt about the direction of your life, just ask yourself, what breaks my heart? whose suffering is simply too much to bear, and then commit your life to alleviate it. Don't turn your face away from the pain and injustice that is so prevalent in our world. Courageously bear witness to it, and in prayer, dedicate your life to healing it. Gain more spiritual insight. Listen to Radical Spirituality and Sacred Activism with Adam Bucko, Mondays at 4 p.m. Central Time here on Unity Online Radio.
1: listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with your host, Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. And now, here's Anna.
0: Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. If you're just joining us, our topic today is the purple bandana and other coincidences, so-called. We're talking about uh, those wonderful miracle opportunities to really be of service, to be present to somebody and uh To share the blessings, my guest is Rick Bingham, and Rick is a licensed chemical dependency counselor, and uh, many other uh, got lots of other letters in the recovery field because he's been an addiction professional for over 35 years. He um, does a wonderful job with supporting people in recovery and uh, training other addiction professionals and um, helping them to uh, help clients. Rick is also an acupuncture detox specialist. He works with ADACARE outpatient services in Garland, Texas, and he teaches drug offender classes for Genesis in Dallas and um, does some instructing for training school for counselors in Fort Worth. And uh, he also is a major contributor to the book Two Miles or Twenty Minutes, which is about the spiritual experiences that we can have in wilderness experiences and wilderness trekking. So... Um, Ricky, you were telling us your purple bandana story mm. and it's a beautiful story and how you carry that a bandana around and give them away and do you ever get tired of it? Do you ever think, eh, I'm just <laughs> I'm
2: not going to do well, it anymore. Well, it's, it's not so much tired of it, it's that uh, you, um, you you don't have a bandana uh, uh, in your pocket or on the table when you're getting dressed and, uh, and getting ready to leave the house and then uh, you're busy and you're in a hurry, and you recognize you need to go back to the closet and get another bandana and a card, and and you, you, you wonder sometimes, well, I, I surely I don't have to take it this time, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I usually will talk myself into, well, and I'll hear that little small voice, if you want to call it that, that says, um, uh, no, you need to go get it. You never know. So I will. I'll... I'm, just about every time, go back and get that bandana and a card. And then when that happens, it usually does happen that sometime during the day, uh, I'm going to run across somebody that it's very obvious I need to take the time to talk with them and and give them a bandana. And uh, it reminds me that, you know, if we listen uh, to how the Lord may be speaking to us and if we pay attention to what's going on around us and we... We slow down so that we can see what's going on and feel what's going on around us. Then uh, that's where the that's where the opportunities happen, and that we get to be used as instruments for His love and, and His grace in this world. If you're if you're in too big a hurry, you, you don't get to see it. You know, if you if you're driving down a road at 90 miles an hour, it's real hard to appreciate whatever is on both sides of the road even if it's the prettiest things in the world. If you slow down, you can see almost everything on both sides of the road. And I think we do that with people. We we, we drive past them, as it were, and we never get to see them.
0: Mm-hmm. So given that, you said earlier um, when you first, when you're telling the original uh, Purple Bandana story that, Mm-hmm. At first that it was hard for you to be- believe sometimes that you really had that connection with your higher power that right. um, and, and so now so how's this affected you over the last 10 years? You got that initial message, you've been um, handing out these bandanas. you've been having lots of experiences, I'm sure in lots of, of ways, not just with the purple bandana. but so how's all this affected you and, and your own spiritual growth and your understanding of your connection with God?
2: Oh, gosh, uh, lots of ways. Uh, some of the ways that come to, come to mind on, right on the top is that I, my confidence in prayer. I've always believed in prayer, but my confidence in prayer, at the, at the same time, it was also a, uh, like a discipline of me as well. You know, I didn't recognize when this happened in 2004, when, it, when the event first happened, I'd, I missed it. I didn't recognize God speaking to me. And then when I finally recognized it, it was a month later, and I didn't recognize it on my own. Laura had to help me recognize it. Mm -hmm. And so I was uh, disciplined in that because or exhorted. There's Mm -hmm. probably some other good words to, to say what I'm trying to say, and that is I started looking back then over the last years of my life all my life, and all the complaining I'd made about how God did not speak to me, how God did not answer my prayers. And then I got to thinking, oh, my gracious, how many prayers has God answered? And I missed them. Mm -hmm. It wasn't God that wasn't paying attention. It was me. Mm -hmm. And that was convicting. Mm Mm-hmm. And so instead of that turning into a, a negative, it wasn't a conviction of guilt, it was a convicting of the heart and a commitment to uh, be available and aware as much as possible and to know that God is moving in my life in ways that I may not know. And it reminds me of a time when I was younger and uh, I participated in athletics. <clears throat> So there wasn't much time to work if you were going to participate in athletics. So I learned uh, leather craft. And my father was my go-between, and so I would make belts and wallets and stuff like that. And I could do that on Saturdays when there weren't athletic things going on or school things. And he would take all this stuff to his job as a warehouseman and sell it for me. And I, I would do lacing on a lot of these bill folds, and, and, and it would take me about two, three hours to lace a bill fold up. And I would sit in front of the TV in the living room of the house, and I would—I had a little saddle thing, and I and I laced these things up. And I would get so focused on lacing and watching what was on TV that I, I wouldn't move for two, or three hours just lacing away. Mm-hmm. And one day, <clears throat> I got thirsty, and I got up and. 10 or 15 feet behind me is at the door going to the kitchen. And my father was was leaned in the doorway there, just leaning up against the doorway watching me. When I got up, I saw him, and I said, Dad, how long have you been there? And he said, well, I've been here a couple hours. <laughs> well, I didn't know you were even there. He said, I didn't want you to know I was here. I just wanted to watch you work. And I got to thinking... That's how God does me.
0: Hmm.
2: He doesn't necessarily interrupt me in my life. He doesn't always necessarily help me in my life. But he loves watching me work. Hmm. I'm not aware he's there. But when I turn and look, there he is. Hmm. So the purple bandana story, when that happened to me and I had that realization it, there are other stories in my life that started coming in, flooding inside of me going, that's what that was about. That's what that was about. And you missed that one, too. So keep thinking and keep praying and keep wondering and try to apply these things because it all means something. You just may not have it figured out yet, but you will. Be patient. Walk slow. Mm-hmm. Walk slow.
0: Yeah.
2: Um. It doesn't mean you don't accomplish, it just means you take your time getting there.
0: Right. So how's that impacted your life to realize that that God's always there? Always loving watching you work.
2: Well Gwily, really,
0: it's
2: it's ironic that I say be slow <laughs> because people who know me know me to be uh, loud. Uh, they know me to uh, be to talk fast uh, and to do things quickly, eat fast, do everything fast and so it's a, it has helped me to slow down because I have to slow down to be aware of the people around me in my life and uh, it, has, it has challenged me to do that, and it, mostly though, it has helped me to to focus on me. Mm-hmm. And that awareness that God is in me, uh, that's something I preached and I taught. It's like I convinced other people of how that happened. I never convinced me until mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And part of what it does for me is, that you know, the perfect love casts out fear. Well, another thing that casts out fear is to know that you have the resources to address Whatever happens. And so the story of the purple bandana has helped me to realize that God is in me no matter what. So, and I'm, I'm not saying I'm perfect at applying this, and, and I, I guarantee I'm not. The truth is, though, that if I truly believe that God is in, in me and with me all the time, then why would I ever get scared? Why would I worry? Uh, Why would I get anxious? Because if he's with me, even if I die, he's with me. It'll be okay. Mm -hmm. That has helped me to slow down, I believe. You'd have to talk to folks like my wife and other people (laughs) in my life to see how much I've slowed down. Mm -hmm. And uh, their perception of it might be different than mine. But I can tell you this, I love the Lord more now than I ever have, Mm -hmm. and I see him working in subtle ways in my life and in the life of other people more than I ever have, and I have more confidence that he's there for all of us than I I ever have, and Mm -hmm. I can look back now and write even more stories. Than
0: I did to begin with. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a uh, that's a lot. That really <laughs> yeah, that's um, a lot.
2: Yes, ma'am. It,
0: it is because you know when you're talking, Rick, I'm I'm thinking uh, certainly what you're what you're saying is really touching me, and I know that's uh, I think that's what people are looking for in a lot of ways. They, we all have lots of different ways of phrasing it, maybe, but I think that that's what everybody's looking for. Uh, is oh, yeah. to know to know that um, it 's okay that there is that with us, God our higher power that's that 's got us got our back
2: oh yes, and got our back through other people sometimes too
0: that 's right, absolutely yep yep
2: you know, we you, need you each never other. know what is it verse talks about you never know if you 're entertaining angels unaware. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I could tell you some stories like that too, where I know, or I totally believe that that I my life was affected by an angel, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think there are other people have some ideas about that too. Uh, mm-hmm. We call people angel. Oh, you're just such an angel, okay? Mm-hmm. Every now and then, and I I I know that that happens. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think everybody is looking to 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 believe in their heart of hearts that they're okay. Mm-hmm. One of the things I hear preachers talk about is we don't deserve God's grace. You know, unmerited favor is what people call it. Mm-hmm. I say the opposite. I say right. we do deserve God's grace because we're his children.
0: Absolutely. And on that we're going to... Uh, come to a close because our time is up but that's a, wonderful you know, well, I got thing. to say it to the end because <laughs> we are we do indeed deserve that love so I want to thank my guest Rick Bingham thank you so much for being with us today and uh, our topic has been uh, talking about the purple bandana and, and really those miracles of God so thanks for listening and uh, we'll be back next week on Spirit of Recovery have a wonderful week
3: Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
4: Inspiration only takes a moment. We invite you to focus your attention inward with these words from Elizabeth Searle Lamb. This is a new day. Lead your conscious mind to that still haven of your soul where your indwelling Christ opens wide the doorway of your heart. At once, mind, soul, and body, you are flooded with the light and love of God. You are lifted high above this earthly plane and filled with the radiance of spirit. Send this love and light on to those whom you hold dear so that it may uplift, heal, and comfort them. As you send this radiance on, you are filled with a new sense of God's power, and you release this power to the whole world to uplift, guide, and bless all people. A day's tasks await you, but God is with you, and with God's help, all shall be done perfectly.
1: This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity.